Good morning, Kocha. Frosty morning to you, Benjamin. Frosty morning it's today. A, it's actually a, a fairly nice morning in comparison to the other mornings. So today we're, we're starting a bit later um, because traditionally uh, I would be working, but I've taken a couple of days off to focus on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's so, um, a bit of a different day today. Focusing on... Got a puppy. This, so. is, this is the first day that I haven't worn my puffer jacket, so it's promising signs for the weather. Promising signs. What should we? What talk should about? we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so the topic of the day is feminism Ooh. and men's role in feminism and wherever wherever else we happen to end up in this conversation. So, so Ben, like, as in, this is a really interesting topic. Um, is there, like, what, what kind of, what kind of brought, what kind of brought this one to the table for us? Do you think we've got something to give some background on? So, the world's obviously pretty fucked right now, and some time ago, I remember watching um, some videos on Bill Gates talking about the opportunities for the future, and, you know, how they talk about AI and the blah, blah, blah. And he said that p- part of all government policies should include things about gender equality because women are actually one of the most untapped resources on the world and one of the biggest opportunities for the 21st century. Absolutely. I think, I think that's like, there's something really, I, I guess, I mean, without sounding too opportunistic about it because you don't want to look at it like a financial transaction. That's obviously not the underpinning um, driver of this, but I guess it's just one thing that, like, you know, there's many angles of looking at, at, at things, and I think this is one that is just blatantly sticks out at people, and and it should just be used as like a as an over-the-top argument that just says like, guys, why would you even, why would anyone argue against this if everyone is going to benefit so much from gender equality? Yeah, so it's not it's not as it's, it shouldn't be viewed as a zero-sum game. You don't necessarily have to give up to get everyone will be better off with more equality so I actually went on the internet and I looked at a few things the internet what is that Ben is that a new is that a new resource um and yeah so basically yeah the Gates has said biggest biggest opportunity one of the biggest opportunities for the 21st century um what else did what else and then it's like it's clearly one I, I guess I guess that's probably one that we should go into a little bit like you know, just in terms of the, the like the reasons why it's such a untapped resource. I think, you know, things like undereducation in the female population around the world, um, and obviously just accounting for fifty percent of the world, um, for for that for that whole resource to just be like oppressed and, and not you know not kind of be able to contribute and, and to add as much as you know as much uh, the equal share. It's just yeah, it's just blatantly obvious like. There was some stat I read that they reckon that if they educated all 12-year-old girls like as much as they could, it would amount to something like $160 trillion across the world or something. So basically, the opportunity is huge. It's under-resourced and it's, and it's, in a, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a worthy thing to think about because if we want to make the world a better place and we uh, care about everyone, then uh, it is a relevant topic to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, we're yeah. gonna. T- you wanna 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess, I guess the the like feminism. It's kind of like this. This obviously leads into you know to feminism and and what how we kind of perceive that and and I guess we're really you know we're we're obviously not experts in in this field. Like we're just you know two guys that obviously we're well educated. I, I would say, but you know, I think this is a topic that that you know we can't really speak personally of too much. We can only really speak about personal experiences in there. We should probably mention that it is definitely a white male privilege to discuss these things from a theoretical standpoint. Definitely, yeah. Rather than a first-hand perspective of, of having uh, it be a, a, a forefront issue in our lives. Correct, yeah. I mean, it's something that we can observe and watch videos on and have the luxury of be like, oh, this is really unfair or this is really unfair. And, you know, it's not something we can speak of and say, actually, we've experienced this. You know, this is, like, really personal to us. So... So I guess, you know, everything we're going to say is, like you said, it's going to come from a place of, you know, just a, a side observer. Um, so we're obviously not experts on the topic. Yeah. But we thought we'd touch on our own experiences, because that's all it is, is our own experiences. Yeah. With, with uh, the concept of feminism and feminist movement in our lives. Yeah. You want to yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, like, for me, like, just, just kind of, you know, growing up, like, is you know developing teenager it was you like your boss mom am I, but yeah yeah but i guess but but the funny thing is that you don't think about that obviously as a kid you you know especially as a male kid you're like that's just normal you know like yeah like uh, in my family i guess you know it's like pretty split we don't have like one particular breadwinner so it's not like i i, I don't see my dad as like the you know as the as the bread roll breadwinner um position in the family and so but but you know you don't think about that as a kid um, but still, you know, you grow up and then I remember, I guess the first kind of experiences I remember like being a teenager, like 17 in school and just remember like, you know, like, like it's just being like a nuisance topic. I kind of feel like, you know, like you, you would like see someone post something on Facebook and you'd be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like we live in Australia, you know, like what, what can you possibly complain about? Like, that's not a thing, you know, and obviously that has developed a lot in the last like 10 years and you know the more experiences I have personal experience I have with women and through relationship and you know having a partner and also and also having a younger sister who's kind of developed she's eight years younger than me so I'm looking now not as a 17 year old looking at like you know what's happening around me to other 17 year old women I'm seeing kind of as an older brother um seeing these things and and then reflecting and being like oh shit like now my sister's 17 or 18 or 19 um, and the person who I was back then would have completely disregarded a lot of these issues and a lot of these things and just said, no, that's not a thing. Get over it, 17-year-old woman. And I, now I'm thinking about that and like, geez, I, would, I could never say that to my you know, 17-year-old sister. Like, that would just be disgusting. Um, so I guess that's my kind of, you know, just a really high-level summary of my perception of feminism. Like when I was... 17, 18, it was just something that was just like, oh, like, stop talking about it. That's, a, <laughs> that's come on. And now, obviously, wildly different. Um, but it's interesting because as a 17-year-old boy, like, this is not, you don't care about it. And it's so, you know, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a, like, a truth. It's just a truth that, you know, when I was 17 or 18 or even 19, 20, like, you're just like, what? This is not a thing. Like, get over it. Um, but yeah. But your, your mum probably would have been pro woman well well i i think that she's probably contributed to the fact of why i didn't really see it as an issue just because i mean 
like she was you know like well yeah i mean i mean like she was like a in like a kind of that you know like like bossy role so i didn't it's hard for it's hard for someone you know when you're looking at that and you're saying oh well that's not a thing you're like my mum's you know as much of a breadwinner as my dad is so that just you know disregard everyone else's thing like that's just yeah like i didn't see that issue because in my house it wasn't really like you know it wasn't blatantly obviously an issue um but anyway yeah that was my experience Benno, what what about you and i guess you know we're, we're being very just kind of just uh blatant and um you know talking about more, more how we felt about it nothing nothing about actually what what we acted in but yeah yeah so my mom i guess would be you could call it feminist and my sister as well who's the older sister so they were probably a pretty big influence on me so i was always like kind of like pro it or whatever yeah, sorry. Kutcher sorry, is getting annoyed that I'm walking too fast yeah, or too you've slow. Got your big don't, daddy long legs. Don't worry long about it. Don't worry about it. I can't keep up. Wait, so, anyway, so yeah, so they brought me up believing in all that thing. I think school is also pretty, pretty good like that. Um, so it's all fine and stuff, but then when it started to become debates in social circles, it was for me mainly when like you were seeing like groups of people or like. Um, groups of girls like posting about it and kind of like fighting with anyone that kind of stood in opposition to them and that's when I kind of was like I don't know I, I agree with all of them but I like can imagine that like I don't know something felt like we were getting put on the defensive somehow and I didn't really know why because like I wasn't hadn't ever really thought about it thought about it like that deeply like I didn't really see the intense side to it and then I also just like from a school that d- doesn't really like put boys on a pedestal at all I was like well I don't know about this but then I but then I have seen like the different elements of it and I have grown to understand that like there are multiple angles and it is a quite of a multi-layered issue um but yeah I don't know like yeah yeah no definitely I think um and, and I, this is probably probably segues into you know, kind of what we what we ne- what we now perceive as the you know feminist or gender equality movement. You know, and I think that's something that has a lot to unpack because you know, there's like we're obvious like for us, it's obviously you know if it's a, like a key topic in our lives. Um, uh, but you know, the, like whenever we watch kind of we watch stuff online, and Benno, you you shared a lot of stuff with me um, in preparation for this podcast, and some of it was like just really inspiring. And some of it just made me feel like, oh, God, like, you know, I'm just, I'm just like, I have no worth here, you know, and, and, and I guess it's really important because, um, like for us, it's kind of, we're talking about it. We've kind of called out that we're talking about it from a place of, you know, uh, like, uh, far removed male kind of privilege. Um, but I guess, you know, if, if we, you know, it becomes a bit more difficult to, to engage after watching some of these videos and after watching other videos it's like yes like I, I know what I need to do I know so what I can do it seems like there's a bit of a divide <laughs> online and in different circles about what the movement means who's involved what the dialogue should be when discussing it and even just like what the f- word means so there's a lot of mixed feelings about even the world it's like are you a feminist? Are you a feminist? Oh, well, I don't know. What does that mean? Like, am I a man basher if I'm yeah. a feminist? Or or does that mean that, that the women are better than men? It's like, I don't know. And then, But I think that if, if 
if you think of it, I, I personally, my conclusion and my research was that the word gender equality is way better. Because it's like, if we're talking about feminism, then we want to make things equal for women. But gender equality doesn't discount all issues of gender equality from a big picture in the, the world would be a better place if women have equal opportunities. And it also doesn't ignore men's issues. So then the men that are fragile that can't cop it or whatever can understand that it's not just about women, it's about gender equality and that everyone's part of it. And I think that's just like a positive spin. Yeah. The, the, I, I, I want to talk about just one little bit in one of the videos. Um, I guess the context is they've got six people of different kind of walks of life. I think it's three males, three females, um, you know, different, different nationalities and different uh, minority groups. And um, basically <clears throat> they ask the group a question and then based on that question, you pick a side and then you have a bit of a discussion about it. That's what we're doing. Well, yeah, no, I, I know, but there was one, there was one quote from there that I thought was really important. Um, one of the one of the white males, basically, you know, he, he was quite conservative, um, and he was talking about, yeah, just how that definition. He was, I, I don't think he clearly put too much time into this, you know, topic overall. But he was just saying, generally, look, as in like the feminist movement, it's so splintered, it's so undefined. And like, you know, I'm sure if it was just easy to follow, I would get behind it. Um, and I found it really interesting. One of the, like uh, a person of color, a, a female of color responded to that with a really interesting quote. And she was like, hold on, I've got it written down here. She said, she said basically to him, like, I don't care about reshaping and redefining my feminism in a way that is digestible for you as a man. And I think, you know, like that's a, it's, it's a common, it's a really common theme that like about the relationship between people who are oppressed and, you know, people who are either oppressing or indifferent to that. Because to me, it's kind of like, that makes a lot of sense. Like why should the oppressed group have to then just say, oh, okay, like, sorry, you're a bit uncomfortable with this. Let me redefine it in a way that works for you. So I totally get that side. But then the, like the pragmatist in me is also things like it's so difficult to, to make any progress without having everyone on board and along the journey. So unfortunately, or I guess, you know, fortunately, um, often the people who are the oppressors or, you know, in this case, not necessarily the oppressors, just like males are a huge part of fixing the problem, in my opinion. And just pragmatically would, you know, if we're taken on the journey would be like this, like a lot of, a lot more progress would happen a lot quicker. Um, so that's kind of the internal debate that I, that I kind of struggled with after watching that component of the video. Yeah, I see where she's coming from. Like, it doesn't have to be this well-delivered, how soft, soft so men's, like, emotional ego can, like, handle the conversation. Like, it doesn't need to be swept up in something. But I think that when we are taking the side of this person, we're just trying to put ourselves in their shoes and take it from a empathetic standpoint to, like, get inside their head and think why they wouldn't want to accept the idea of feminism. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think I'm trying to understand is like, why don't people, why don't men want to be feminists? And why is it so hard to, and why don't anyone talk about, like, why don't men talk about it? And it's like, women love talking about it. And it's like, they listen to podcasts and they talk about it. And it's like, for men, they don't talk about it, but it's a men and women issue, undoubtedly, right? Yeah, correct. And I, I think, I think this whole definition of it, like, it's got a part to... 
So, like a lot of uh, problems or things in the world, there's the different elements that come into it. And the way that we'll define it is structural issues and cultural issues. So, we're going to dive into the different elements that are structurally oppressive or unequal for women and men. If it happens to go that yeah, way. Yep. And then also the cultural ones, which would be like why women are like cleaning up your Shabbat dinner. Or my sister gave me an example of how there were like some study about how like when there's like a birthday cake at the office and like they finish the cake and then it's like, it's always like some study was like every single time it was a that's woman who did fucked. it. And it's just, that's cultural. But it's, it's not even like necessarily anyone's fault it's literally the culture it's like the women are, are doing it and the guys are expecting them to do it and yeah. it's just how it is it's a cycle right like it's probably it probably starts really early um and then it's just like the assumptions yeah and then the other like structural example that i, I found quite interesting and i feel like it becomes very relevant when it comes to work and, and the pay gap because these things kind of start and then they continue but basically um, I think in Australia or whatever it was in the podcast I was listening to in Australia, there's, there's uh, parental leave for the primary caregiver. And all primary caregiver means is like a code word for mother. So basically, not all men have guaranteed or enforced leave. So what does that mean? So then the mother takes it, they end up being the caregiver. And then what, what my research said was that basically... The women will start doing the jobs. They'll get better at it. They'll know how to do it. Then the then the mom will have to like teach the dad how to do it. And then they'll be like, oh, fuck it. I'll just, I'll just do, do it. it myself. Yeah. And then next minute, they've had three kids and the mom's done all the work. And it's just like one of those ever-evolving cycles of it being unequal. Yeah. And then what they found was like in Norway that they had the option there for men to have the leave paid. But if they don't take it, they don't get it. So it's like, those are the kind of incentives that if you're a dad, you're like, well, fucking oath, I'll fucking take yeah. them. I'll, 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 I'll not work my job to work for two months on my kid. Like, yeah. it's two months of your life. Like, it's why such a no-brainer. Such Whereas, a no-brainer. But then, here, it's like, I'm wait, sure wait, there wait, are also, businesses. Sorry, I think it's also important like to note that, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how it works in Norway, but in Australia with, like, for example, the, uh, you know, I've, the, like, quite a few organizations are starting to pick this up um and you know like I, I, we've got it at agl and at deloitte as well when when i used to work there and the thing that was happening is you don't take it the same time as the woman so basically um the woman takes it first or you know you can choose but then it's pretty much one caregiver is at home at one time and i think that's really important because it means that not only does the dad in his part learn to do all the chores that are lifetime chores not just like you know parental leave chores and then become good at them but also it gives an opportunity for for it just to be the dad that's doing them so the 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 woman goes back to work the whole point of it is you know you become the it's primary care leave and so my understanding of it is that the woman then goes back to work and then and that's when you can access your your parental leave and I think that's brilliant because then it just completely, it says like two people are equal. You've had the same p- p- parental leave. You've got the same time alone with the baby, not just 
like paternity leave where the guy takes it but the woman's still at home and she's still doing all yeah. these tasks like, i think so that's got the, the space to learn the skills exactly exactly like that's such a crucial part of it because it's like you know to be honest if the men just took it and the women were just at home as well like they would fall into those cycles and i think that's a really critical like little uh, nuance of it that is really important um, to be maintained but i think that again there's also that cultural element when it comes to leave again where it's like maybe that there are some companies in australia that the men can take it but then do they yeah or, or is it like fuck it like it's the mother's job or whatever yeah and and potentially also i think it's like um there's still a huge cultural thing about it which is a barrier that just needs to overcome be overcome over time like it's going in the right direction but the cultural barrier barrier and i've seen this myself as well um not like like through personal experiences with other male colleagues is that like they don't always take it even though it's free it's bad for their career because you know like if you're gone for three months or two months like that's a promotion that you've missed or you know potentially you know you've missed certain key periods of the year and or or you've left during a key period of the year and that's put stress on your other bosses and then you know you you as a male are still culturally viewed negatively for that whereas if you're a woman it's like well you know you have to do it like like the assumption is that oh well you're a woman but like you it's also fine you have miss to do out it. on the career promotion well exactly no but 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 that's already a big cultural problem and that's i think that why men aren't all just taking advantage of this thing is because they still need to get over that um over that like um men being the breadwinner so he's needing to get the promotion he's needing to do all this to progress you know and, and 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 whatever so i think that's like that's that's probably the cultural side of it. i think structurally there's progress in a lot of companies taking this on there's a lot of progress to go because governments should be making it you know uh not just a, an optional thing but you know supporting it um but there's obviously still the cultural barriers that are just going to take uh, generations to well hopefully not generations but there is just going to be um a huge time lag between when the cultural side catches up to the structural side. Yeah. I guess it becomes a more and more relevant question or thought for women around our age and getting a bit older is like, these are the kind of things that they've got to decide about and kind of trade off. Whereas this is where the white man's privilege comes in is that like, these aren't the issues. Like it's not really going to change your career or change like your body or anything so i think that it's worth recognizing when it comes to like having kids and stuff which is where like the basis of of a lot of like the problems structurally and like like literally happen yeah is is it around that stuff so um but then like there's the cultural stuff so it's like the slurs of like women should only be in the kitchen yeah that we heard when we were young and like that's the, really damaging. The, the mums doing like the cooking, like usually, and stuff. And I think that like some people like that, and I, I guess this ties into like gender roles. Maybe yeah. we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a big. One. I think I think you touched on that before. It's like men are expected to get the promotion and be the breadwinner and all this stuff. So then it's like for them, it's like they should be shooting for earning as much money as they can, and they should. That's their only goal. Whereas women, it's like they got to find this balance and they want to do a job they like. So. Maybe that's partly where like the pay cap comes from, but it's. It, I think that gender roles is pretty relevant, and that ties into the cultural. Component. Yeah, actually, and, and and something I hear from uh, a bit from the uh, like you know from females who are actually 
who are all like, nah, feminism is bullshit, it's bullshit, like, you know, everyone's fine. Something that you hear from that group sometimes is like, no, well, like, I like doing these roles, you know, like, why should I, why, you know, like, is, I genuinely enjoy it. I think that's fair, like, you're, everyone's allowed to do what they like doing, but, you know, to me, it begs the question, do you like doing that because you've seen your mum and your grandma do it and you've only seen women do that and you've, you know, become accustomed to that? Or, or you know, like, do you genuinely love doing it? And, wow. and I guess it's a fair question. I think that there's men and women who both have their feminine side and their masculine side. And some people might have a bit of both or some people might want to be whatever they are like some people are more in touch with their feminine side they might be more uh like uh, i don't even know like you know what you know what i, I mean? do i do yeah um, um and then i think that when you put these gender roles as like a blanket title for people then they're like well i don't want to be feminist and i don't want to be that because i want to be a little bit more like in the masculine type thing and i want to have a normal yep. high paying job and i want to be a boss bitch and that's fine and that doesn't have to be defined as like not being a feminist or being a feminist it should just be equality and equality is just being whatever you want to be i guess yeah yeah correct it's um might be it might be a good segue into um into a topic uh around like structural because we're we're talking quite a bit about the workplace and i think it's yeah yeah, but I, i think the workplace is a really good one like and one thing you know it's a structural change similar to paternity leave um, but a bit, I think a bit more controversial because I don't think it has as much um, support as being like 100% the right way of doing things. But it's one that I wanted to talk about a bit and that's around the creation of quotas. Quotas in you know, things like the boardroom or in particular industries between having a percentage of males and females. So uh, I did a bit of like digging in this one. Like for me, I've had a, I've had a view on this um, for a while. What is your view? Uh, th- oh, thank you. I wasn't going to say, but thanks for asking. Um, uh, well, as in, I, th- I think for my view is that it's not necessarily fair, but... Are we getting a coffee? Uh, yeah, we will eventually. But as in, it's, the quotas is not necessarily fair in the short term because, you know, you can say that men and women are going for the same role, but women are getting them. And I fully understand that, ar- that argument. So, so in the short term, it's not necessarily fair and there are going to be losers in the short term in terms of like male, uh, there are going to be losers out of this who are male workers. But I think that the importance of it is more in the medium and long term, just because I think that a lot of people, when they're entering the workforce, are doing it, looking at opportunities based on their skill set, and that's all good. Like, you know, I'm good at reading, I should be a lawyer. Or I'm good at maths. Well, so I'm good at maths, and I want to do this. But I think there's also an element to it where people are entering into a workforce and looking at their opportunities based on their gender, because they look into a work into a particular industry and say, "Well, there are no women in there, or there are no, you know, executives who are women in that field." And I think that for a young woman, I don't know, because I'm not a young woman, but for me, my view is that well, it's almost something that kind of needs to happen so that in the medium to long term you obviously it's a short term little plug um, that you you know that you use as through policy but in the medium to long term you you remove it because it is pretty 50-50 and people aren't people aren't going into a into a career choice based on the number of women or men in that field 
Yeah, so giving them a leg up would be the, yeah, the way to equalize it, even if it's unfair somewhat in the short term. In the long yeah. term, we're shooting for equality. I, I've, got a, I've got the two sides of this one that I came to research and understand, was that it gets tricky. Like, when you humanize it, it's interesting, because, like, you might say that these two like-for-like men and female go for a job, and then the female gets it, it's unfair. But then it discounts all the male privilege that might have helped that male get to that yes, place. Yes. And then two, when you humanize it from the male perspective, how it's like everything like matters with feminism and all that shit, but this person spends his life trying to get to this point potentially yeah. and they lose it unfairly because it's, it's like for like and they lose. So I think that it does get tricky when you humanize it down to like the individual. But I think that when you remember the big picture that we're shooting for equality and that something's got to give and it's not a zero-sum game, then I think that when it comes to policymakers, I feel like it could be something that we need to accept and, and be a bit compassionate about it and empathetic. Like if someone misses a job because of that, it's like, well, you'll get it next time kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, actually, just on the point of humanizing, I, I asked, I asked Milena, who for readers or listeners who don't know, is my partner, um, what her views on it uh, are. Um, I mean, Milena works in a pretty male-dominated field. She's an engineer, and I asked her, like, you know, did you ever feel as a young girl growing up? Obviously, grew up in different circumstances, um, in a different country in Eastern Europe. So, but I asked her, like, did you ever feel as a, as a young girl growing up? oh, this is my skill set, but no, I shouldn't go into that field because it's male-dominated and whatever. And her answer was really interesting. Um, she said that, like, no, look, if I wanted to do something, I'll just, I'll just, you know, go and do it. Like, I'm pretty, like, my choices are pretty independent of what is happening externally. Um, and I think that's very valid, but I think it also speak it overlays another set side to it, which is personality. Like, there are just strong, really strong kind of uh, unique personalities that will just do things regardless. Um, and that's fair. But I also think that like, you know, like the uh, males who are going into the industry aren't, the people, who, the males who are going into a particular industry aren't just really strong personalities. They're just everyone because they don't have to be strong personalities that just do it despite of things. They're just like, well, yeah, why not? It's not a female dominated field. So why, why don't I just go into it? Um, that's one view and the other thing is I asked her I kind of delved into it a little bit more and I asked her the question around well you know is there any kind of any industries that you wouldn't despite the personality traits that you wouldn't go into as a female and I guess the one thing that she called out which is a very like um, just like a logical thing she said I probably wouldn't work in somewhere like an oil rig which is like isolated male dominated just from the safety perspective and I guess that's a really interesting one like it's very specific but it's kind of like there's really not many, I was thinking about it, I was thinking there's really not many uh, jobs that I wouldn't take because there are only females working there and I wouldn't feel safe. Um, so that's just an another one that is very specific. I, I think and that, like with all this, I think that we're stupid, like as if we need to like get past the fact that males and females are different, like from yeah. a physiological standpoint, like males are stronger than women generally not yeah. always but generally so some things are suited and i feel like that needs to be acknowledged because if we start arguing that then it just gets to this stupid discussion yeah i i agree i think i think that's that's one where you know like obviously there's probably a lot of studies and stuff on it we haven't re read them all but yeah I, I agree there has to be an element where you just say look there are pers there are particular traits 
um, and let's move on from that. But that I think that can it's dangerous when that's used as you know when that's expanded on and used by people to say now nah, women can't do this job. It's obvious they don't have this and they don't but, have that and that and that. But if we look at like so this is a bit of a devil's advocate standpoint for men. But if if we're looking at total equality of of of, of uh, income, then I think that that might edge on the edge of unfair because it should be equal opportunity but outcomes a different thing because men happen to fall into like you say mining which has been one of the biggest industries in australian history super high paying potentially low like not super high skilled but extremely dangerous and men happen to choose to go into it and these people are still individuals and they still deserve to be paid for it and i feel like things like that would skew the average income between males and females and also just other dangerous work like going to the army or construction or whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, but yeah. No, I think that's spot on. I think that's fair. And, and I think, you know, we can have this discussion kind of theoretically, but then when you break, down, break it down, there's so many nuances, like that point about mining. Like that's a really, it's a really good one. And I, I don't know what the rebuttal, I guess, you know, I don't know what the, like, I don't know what the, the rebuttal to that would be. Um, like, I think two people that work the same job and provide the same output should be paid value, the yeah. same. But all Australians, on average, women and men being paid on average the same, might not necessarily be fair, I think. Yeah. I suspect. I don't yeah. really know, but that's just my, my feeling. Yeah. Anyway, I reckon we, we go into segment three. It's, I'm very excited for it. Yeah. We're going to do this thing, how we say a blanket statement. And then Kotcha or I is going to take the feminist perspective or the non-feminist. We're just going to call it that. Let's not yeah. get caught up on the words. And we'll either decide or we'll do rock, paper, scissors to decide yeah. who has yeah. to argue for who. So, and so, we'll do debating. So, some of these views are going to be very unpopular and the person who's going to lose is, you know, pretty much going to have to be... But I think, like, I think that the purpose for this was to understand men's perspectives, women's perspectives, how we can tie into it. And what these men might be thinking when they disagree or agree with something yep. i think is 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 worth thinking about because if you want to argue or win people over to your way of thinking it's good to understand their perspective as a starting point even yeah. though you know we shouldn't have to always like, la, la, la. Yeah. but that's what we're gonna do yeah um and and that segment is coming up after coffee the coffee <laughs> proudly sponsored by by hedgehog agency no we did that last time it's proudly sponsored by Toilet paper. Toilet paper. Toilet paper is genuine privilege. For the past hundred years or whatever it's been, we get to enjoy toilet paper. It's fucking good. <laughs> and that's my rant. Yeah, great. So we're gonna do rock paper scissors. The winner is the feminist and the loser is the non-feminist for the discussion prompt. So, discussion prompt one is the word feminism has a negative connotation to it. So we're gonna All do right. rock, paper, scissors now. Let's go. Rock, paper, scissors. Kotcha one, so he's the feminist. Yay! I'm the non-feminist. So, I'll start. Yeah. So, I think you touched on it earlier, but the word feminist is a movement and that shouldn't be discounted or ignored because it means a lot to different people and it's such a big term that's used so widely that it can have different meanings to different people in the world 
Yeah, I think I think though it's you know the 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 this the like the definition of it is to address a problem, you know, and the problem is that currently, um, uh, you know, there is there is not gender equality, there is gender inequality, and the gender that is losing out are you know is the feminine gender. So this is like well, saying it, it's like putting together a task force to fix a problem and calling it with a name that like doesn't you know is doesn't address the problem. So I think that in my perspective, it's like the problem is that the feminine gender is underrepresented and is, you know, yeah. Well, it's a problem for everyone, men included, but it's also, um, doesn't necessarily have to be a digestible way to spin something for fragile men to digest the word feminism and not be intimidated by woman power. Um, so they shouldn't be scared of the word. It's just a word. And I reckon that it's just their soft emotions that make them scared of it. That's what a feminist. Wait, but <laughs> am on. I non-feminist or feminist? No, you're the non-feminist. Oh, I'm the shit. feminist. <laughs> I was wait, so confused both, there. Wait, no, no, because you said because you said something about like about um, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was like, it's not negative. Oh, because it's like a double negative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was really good. Bro, I don't know why you paused it because it's funny if we realize that. Like that could have been live. It's really? Like, yeah. Like no. it's still, who cares? We're all right, all right. Well, sorry, I, I, I didn't realize. Just, I, I did panicked. Yeah. I panicked. Um, should we start again? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, it's still going. <laughs> still going. So is that playing the whole time? Yeah. All right, we'll cut out a little bit of that if we can. So but we realized. It was a dog, it was negative, so shit got confusing, but I think that's a good prompt to move on. Yeah. Um, Men's lives matter. Men's lives matter too. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Go on. Rock, One, two, paper, three. Scissors. Rock, One, paper, three. Rock, One, two, three. We just had a triple okay. and I won, so that makes me the feminist. And me, the non-feminist. So you want to start? Yeah, that? so I'll, I'll, I'll kick this off. Look, as in, I think... We're having great conversations about women's issues, but you know, it's not like just because uh, just because men earn more and all these things. I think we're discounting the fact that there is just as many and just as serious men's issues. You know, we can to gender equality. Yeah, exactly. Which ties into kind of the gender equality issue. I think you know there are so many structural issues of men uh, for men. You know, around around being emotional and around what our expectation is to you know to to kind of uphold. Uh, yeah, to uphold a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of kind of emotional situations and all that. And that leads to heaps of, heaps of men-specific issues, which, you know, to me, hearing, hearing us having this broad national discussion about fe- feminine issues makes me kind of feel left out. Yeah, well, I, I guess, like, if we're talking feminism, then uh, men don't have to worry about their problems in that moment. And I think that whenever we have a discussion, it's like we, if we're talking about female issues, we can talk about female issues. And then we can also talk about men's issues. But I do think that when it comes to a discussion, if there's two sides to a story, it is worth hearing the other sides because then your side will be received better. But I reckon we should go into those stats we found. Yeah. Well, not uh, stats, just examples. There's some really good examples of... Yeah, 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 okay. So uh, yeah, no, I'll, 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 I'll um, list, start listing them. So basically, you know, uh, workplace deaths, war deaths, suicide, sentencing disparities, life sentences, child custody issues, um, child support issues, false rape allegations, uh, criminal court bias. Um, yeah, basically, uh, heaps of stuff that is really specific to men, um, and you know, men's issues. And, and I guess, I guess, 
I guess w what I can probably say to it is, well, why aren't we having the discussions alongside? Like, okay, maybe there, there, sorry, there has been inequality up until now, but why does that mean we can't have those discussions at the same time? And if we're fixing something for women, why can't we fix the equivalent or something that's close to the equivalent for men at the same time? Um, you know, uh, well, actually, one good example from that from that video is um, around domestic abuse. Uh, so in America, the, the video that, that we watched was saying that, you know, this men's rights activist was pretty much saying, well, domestic abuse. Uh, now, I'm not going to quote the statistic that he said. I'm not sure if that's accurate. But he said, you know, domestic abuse cases is pretty much 50-50 between men and women being the perpetrator. It's scarier when men do it. Cause more damage. <laughs> well, well, of course, yeah. But, but I mean, I guess, you know, in that statistic, he said it's 50-50. There are 200 shelters for females in the US and one for males. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a valid point. I obviously yeah, need to look at I think that statistics. ignores, again, that, like, we, we need to remember that from a physiological standpoint, like, men have usually a more, capa more capabilities to physically defend themselves when it comes to physically fighting with women. So I think that that's true. But in the end of the day, like, I mean, I'm, maybe people like these men are, like, aren't able to protect themselves. But I think that generally... It's more intimidating for a girl to have to block a punch from a guy than a guy to have to block a punch from a girl. Yeah, but to, it's an issue. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I can't really, I can't really play more devil's advocate on that one because nah, that's it's the other. Easy. The other one was that more more men end up staying at home forever. That was oh, on yeah. that list. Yep. And that there's like a bias in courts and stuff that kind of happens and and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I think that whilst feminism is is the the forefront issue because it's like it's more unequal for females I think that if we acknowledge that there's issues for gender equality across the board then we can tackle issues one by one and I reckon that that's a positive way to do it yep alright now we're pausing for our coffee daily coffee Should this segment be called Benno? This is this is debate hats. Debate hats. I love that. Okay, debate hats. We're back to our final debate hats. The topic of the last debate hats is gender roles in romantic relationships. Ooh. All right, Benno. Let's do our rock paper scissors. Rock paper scissors. Yes, I won. Kosha the is the feminist, and we'll start with the manonist. So I don't, I'm struggling to wrap my head around where this standpoint puts me. <laughs> so am I arguing so that gender... Say, yeah, so you're arguing the male gender role uh, in a relationship is what? Well, like, like I think you're arguing... from a non-feminist perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay, so then I guess uh, men... Men, men and women have their evolutionary standpoint of what their roles are as males and females. And I think that in relationships, men and females potentially like some of those roles of being a man or a female. Uh, I mean, I, I think I, I think this kind of touches on uh, the the thing before. Like, do they like him, or has it just been conditioned? Like, has it been conditioned? You know, like I think we've given an example, like cleaning. You know, I think it's it's something that it's so it's so easy, and like people are so cavalier about it. But but a lot of people, a lot of people genuinely think that like women like doing the house chores and think, oh, like it's easy. They probably think it's you know. Probably women that like it as well. Right? 
Well, and, 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 and that's exactly right. Like, you know, there are heaps of probably women who are like, no, I like doing this. But I think it's really important to challenge that and say, well, do you like doing that because you don't really know anything else because you've been living in this structure for, you know, generations think, or... Yeah, I think there's also like your perception of like what the world should like. Should, like, do you picture a world where it's women's jobs to clean or like are your kids like is it going to be the women's job or your wife is like, yeah. is it, like you know what I mean like what do you picture happening like yeah. what is your your view of like what the future will be like is it inherently something that is like has these kind of expectations or not um, but my flip side is like uh, yeah I don't know I reckon that like there are some elements of like in, even in romanticism that maybe like people like playing like like maybe males like being like the protector and maybe w- women like being the caregiver yeah I, I I mean I think like the caregiver one I don't know I, I think it's from, from my perspective as the feminine like I I reckon it's a pretty bullshit one because like it's just like parental leave talks so much about it it's like so clear that you know if you give the opportunity for men to be a caregiver like they'll actually do quite well in it and you know, it's and it's not something that like is just exclusively a woman's job, um, but I think definitely over the general, like there's definitely a perception that oh, women are more kind, like soft and gentle, and that's the way you need around babies. But that's not that's not true. You know, I, and I think that actually also talks to one of the disadvantages that men have, which is like the opportunity to be emotional and to be soft and um, uh, yeah. And I think like that whole element about like. Oh, a man's job is just to go fight and like, you know, win win bread and hunt, bring back the the tiger that to be split up by the wife and fed to the family. Like, I don't think yeah. that's, you know, so the man can't really be emotional and can't be like soft with his children and and all that, you know, because it's not his role to be the yeah, caregiver. I guess when people have that argument of like, it's like it's like an evolutionary standpoint is that women are naturally more caregivers. I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, whilst that might have some sort of merit, it's like, it's also ignoring that we need to evolve as a species. And it's just like a little bit stuck in the past thinking how it's like using some sort of like evolutionary scientist story as an excuse for Yeah, yeah, because we've done this for thousands of years, but like we don't hunt tigers anymore. (laughs) So like, you know... It's just not realistic. Yeah, like we, we, you know, we don't live in, we don't live in like, like, you know whatever like we don't live in caves and stuff and um and actually you know like the value doesn't come from being able to hunt or forage or do all this stuff uh it you know it comes from like the current society that we live in which is you know education and both men and women can bring you know if they are educated can you know can contribute to society and have that role so i think exactly right people talk about um what they were doing thousands of years ago but like whole process of evolution is is just proves that people that things change and and we adapt i've got one more like uh thing on culture when it comes to like women and men's roles so let's say you've got a couple they both earn the same amount of money they go out on dates and the woman is expected like the man's expected to pay for it i think that that's got cultural problems because then it it reinforces that the man's role is to earn a high wage so then the message that sends that guy is that he should go and spend his life working to get on the board which then skews that thing and it also reiterates that the woman's job is to like not pay and then what else do they do they do whatever else we have as the gender role thing so i think that it's got damaging on both perspective and i think that i think that yeah i think that there, there, there would be women that wouldn't be feminists because they like 
being paid for or whatever. And I think that, I don't know. I think that everyone should be allowed to do whatever they want and it should be equal and people should determine it for themselves. But when it comes to culture, it's like these cultural expectations come in and then that's what people are faced with. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's pretty much, I think that's pretty much that, that one done. Um, What's the next? We got well, I, I guess the other one is about group thinking, you know, kind of how, uh, how so this is more of a conclusion, I guess. Yeah. So what we found was that like, there are different schools of thoughts and levels of intensity when it comes to these kind of issues. Like there's some that are just like people that are just like really passionate about it. And, and, I, and I have kind of noticed also in my personal and wider networks of like, I feel like there's been examples of when people are like very pro-feminist and then they're talking to their friends about it all the time. And I feel like this in, in the feminist example, but also in, in any sort of anything where you get these group think elements and also in the media where it's like the same stories are being told and it just becomes an echo chamber of the same thoughts and opinions. And it just becomes a little bit extreme and it loses track over what the actual purpose of something is and it actually ends up being divisive because people are so extreme and so intense that it can actually push people away. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's something to be aware of. Like if your goal is equality, then when you get into these echo chambers and you just listen to your own opinion again and again, whether it's about feminism or it's about politics or it's about whatever you think should, the world should work, then when you just hear the same thing again and again, I reckon that it's, it's divisive in it and you stop seeing the other perspectives. And I think that... I think that in the world is growing more unequal, empathy is gonna become a really big part over the next 10 years. It's like, you've got more, it's better for you, everything's better for you, but you need to, people are gonna need the ability to put themselves in other people's shoes, whether you're right or wrong. And I, I think that's why this exercise is such a good one. Like, you know, I guess it would be good if people, if people who, you know, align on something actually still are able to try and put on the that hat of the of the oh, you know of the extreme on the other end because it, it is first of all it is fun i have to say it is fun to try and think of these things um and and then debate it with someone who you know where you're both gonna land um but but it is fun and secondly i think it's just so important because you can uncover you can definitely uncover things you know through that and be like oh okay you know this is why someone might be thinking these extremist views um we should probably say thanks to all of our people that have listened so far. Yep. <laughs> and that all we'd like it if you guys message us and tell us what you think. Obviously, we're not trying to offend anyone if we have. I don't think we have, but we might have. So it's 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 a it's a it's a exercise for us and I think that the end goal like we're obviously not gonna be perfect in what we're saying, so we'll recognize that yeah. as well. Yeah, no, and definitely love hearing feedback and love getting topics from people, um, you know what they like what they didn't like and it kind of does inspire us to and think what, what you and what you next. think or just talk to us about the issue and because if if we both educated each other and, and open our eyes up to different perspectives or different thoughts yep. that you might have been triggered when you heard those prompts or whatever it is let's talk about it yeah what should we talk about, about it talk, <laughs> talk about shit uh,